When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. It's 26 past 10 here on SCNZ Mornings with Ian Smith. Time for the panel. Aaron Goyle from the Waikato Times joins us. G'day, Aaron. How are you? Yeah, g'day. Well, thank you. That's the story, mate. And uh, we've also got uh, Graham Beasley from sportsfreak.co.nz. G'day, Graham. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Uh, gentlemen, of course, uh, disappointing last night. Aaron, I have to ask, at what point did you go, oh, no, I've seen this show before and, and give up on the cricket and go to bed? Um, to be honest, I saw it through. Uh, <laughs> But yes, there was a couple of points where I could have considered uh, packing up for the night. Um, yeah, what do you say? 44 for five, it was a little bit Michael Bevan 2.0, wasn't it, um, in terms of Alex Carey? But yeah, gee, how how well did he and Cameron Green bat in that partnership? Um, the ball just stopped moving and yeah, batting just looked, uh, looked uh, way easier than it had all day. Um and then, yeah, it was a match that had everything, though, didn't it? The, those three quick wickets, uh, you know, once they broke that partnership, it was still on, and then off for a little bit of drizzle and, yeah, plenty of drama and uh, one of those sort of low-ish scoring ODIs that just proves ODI cricket still great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it is still great, uh, isn't it, Graham? ODI cricket. It's just frustrating. I mean, at 44 for five, 12 overs down, you put the foot on the throat, but no, we put the spinners on. Um, surely a few question marks over prepared bowling plans. Surely you've got to be able to be more flexible. I don't. I doubt Brendan McCullum would have done that had he been captain. Yeah, you're right. He'd have, um, he'd have put the foot on the throat. It was almost as if Williamson was worried about his fifth bowler and was trying to get Michael Bracewell through as quickly as he could and then brought on James Neesham. And, you know, it was almost he was concerned about that, but... With such a low-scoring game and having them at 40 for five, um, you're unlikely to restrict them um, to get a win. So I think that we that we should have gone for the um, for the jugular and tried to bowl them out. But um, as Aaron said, it all got exciting when they lost a few wickets, and I was um, I was masochist enough to um, to stay up and watch the whole thing as well. Yeah, uh, Aaron, what did you make of this after the match? Trent Bolt was interviewed. And he was asked about whether or not he was tempted to have a sixth over. And he said, mate, I was tempted to have a sixth, a seventh, and an eighth. And when he was asked about the ball being thrown to Santner, he said, yeah, I'm not too sure what the thinking was there. Uh, not exactly a ringing endorsement of the bowling plan, was it? Hmm. Sounds like the Mount Onganui, uh duo haven't been at the same uh, 
dining at the same cafe for a while or something. They, um, <laughs> yeah, him and Kane, <laughs> they go back a long way. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Usually the fast bowler wins in the argument with their captain, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Normally yeah. they do. Normally they do. <laughs> would have been interesting if Tim Southey had been on the field, what would have happened? He'd have told him before, wouldn't he? There's no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He never would. You wouldn't have been able to get it out of his hand with a crowbar. Uh, do, Graham, does this does this raise question marks over Kane's captaincy? Because not only did he make these calls that obviously cost us a, a, a game and our first win in Australia uh, since 2013, but afterwards, I I don't know that he was that bothered. He was kind of undenied and oh, you know, oh, geez, this, oh, geez. But it it, it didn't seem like it. It stung too much for him. I, I wonder whether in, we need to look elsewhere for a for a white ball captain. Yeah, because I actually think that Tom Latham is a good captain. Um, I've, I've I've been impressed with him when, like when he was captaining in the West Indies when when Kane Williamson was injured. Um, it sort of seems to me, and it's the same with Williamson's batting. He's just he's just not there at the moment. Um, you know, he's had so so many months off with various injuries and things like that that. Um, I'm not sure that he's at the top of the game. And if you're not at the top of your game when you're batting, it can affect your captaincy as well. And um, you're right, that was, a, that was a pretty timid effort last night. Yeah, it was. Uh, where are you on that, Aaron? I mean, is it right to start questioning the captaincy of Kane, given some of these what seemed pretty weak decisions last night? Uh, I think it's pretty easy in hindsight. Um, it, for me, it would be more around the workload side of it um, the mental toll that it takes um, there's already you know in the last couple of seasons been talked that maybe he could relinquish a white ball format or both white ball formats um, you know as captain because it's actually quite rare looking around the, the international circuit nowadays isn't it to see like not only a leading player but you know one guy taking charge in all three formats Um you do wonder if it has affected his batting and then throw on that elbow injury as well. And yeah, it, it could be worth a freshen up. There won't be, um, you know, there's two, like the World Cup's coming up, um, you know, next year for the 50 over, so there's probably no point. Um, but until then, um, but, but maybe then would be a, a nice time to have a look. Yeah, indeed, might need a, a wee bit of a refresh and a, and a, and a rethink too. And maybe a more aggressive style of captaincy would be good ahead of uh, that World Cup. Uh, we are bang on 10.30. Time for the latest in news and sport. We'll be back to talk FPC, US Open and NRL with the panel after the latest in news and sport. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Talk, talk, talk to me, yeah. Yeah, 26 away from 11 here on Mornings with Ian Smith. Uh, the panel continues on with Graham Beasley from sportsfreak.co.nz and Aaron Gore from the Waikato Times. Gentlemen, NRL finals are upon us. Uh, start with you, Graham. Which matchup of this finals weekend are you most looking forward to? The Panthers, Eels, the Storm Raiders, the Sharks, Cowboys, or the Roosters and the Rabbits? There's a song in there somewhere, isn't there? <laughs> Raiders, the storm, um, and and that's probably that's probably the one that I'm looking forward to the most. Um, you would pick that the storm will win that playing at home, um, so that'd be the Raiders out pretty early. Um, but uh, I think they'll all be good. Also, maybe the Eels might upset the Panthers. 
Mm, yeah, that's not a bad shout. The Eels have beaten the Panthers twice this season already. Uh, that was two of the Panthers' three losses. And I'll tell you something else for free. The Raiders are 4-0, and their last four visits to Melbourne. So there could be a couple of upsets on the cards here, Aaron. And it all counts for nothing when they come to finals. That's what they say, eh? But um, surely... <laughs> Yeah, surely it has to count for something for the Eels um, against the Panthers. Like That's quite a psychological, you know, little advantage that they can take in. Um, yeah, this Panthers side will be, yeah, really tough to tough to beat. Nathan Cleary back from uh, suspension, isn't he? So, yeah, they're just uh, they're probably, yeah, probably going to roll on through, you'd think, to the, to the big one. Um, yeah, going to be pretty interesting um, in that Roosters Rabbitohs um, go again. How often do you see it in these uh, competitions where you get a match up in the last round and then you get a repeat in a um, in a playoff game the next weekend? So. Yeah, it will be very interesting. Yeah, you're not wrong, mate. You're not wrong. Actually, it's interesting on the Storm front too because, you know, as as good a um, backline as they have, next season they're going to lose both the Bromwich brothers, Felice Kalfusi and Brandon Smith out of the Ford pack. Um, I, I, don't, I mean, it's going to be hard to replace all of that, isn't it, Graham? They'll find replacements though, won't they? You know, it's like when... Um when forwards leave the Crusaders, they, they always just seem to find find people to fill those gaps. And I think it's likely to be much the same with the Storm. They just, you know, they'll they'll go up to North Queensland and find some um, some young talent there or something like that. Um, they just never, you know, there's never a weak Storm side, is there? No, there isn't. There isn't. I just wonder uh, with the loss of, of personnel last season, this season, uh, and 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 ahead of next season, whether or not that depth is still there. They always, as you said, seem to be able to produce somewhere, someone out of nowhere. Uh, but a lot of those someone's have now disappeared, and uh, that I think the depth is is uh, certainly is something that's taken a hit for the Storm. It'll be interesting to see how they go next season and what could be uh, Craig Bellamy's last. Uh, let's talk US Open then, gentlemen. Uh, Nick Kyrgios, of course, everyone's. Uh, favourite Australian tennis player, uh, Aaron. Um, he uh, upset Daniel Medvedev, got through him. Uh, the number one seed, of course, we saw Rafa Nadal go out, the number two seed. Uh, Kyrgios, though seeded 23rd, was fourth favourite at the TAB ahead of the tournament. Faces Karen Kachanov in the quarters today. Uh, I think he'll dispatch him pretty comfortably. Uh, you, How do you feel about Nick Kyrgios as a Grand Slam champion? Yeah, I'd like it. It's probably... Um you know, been a long time coming, really. Uh, he just, um, he's just absolutely brilliant to watch. Um, he's entertaining, and as much as people might not like him, um, you know, you can't doubt that he's such a talented tennis player. And he gets bums on seats and people turning on the TV to watch tennis. Um, that point the other day <laughs> where he came round the net and <laughs> smashed a winner illegally it's just sort of sums him up how unorthodox the guy is and then um asking patrick McEnroe on the sideline whether it was legal or not uh this sort of sums him up like he doesn't know the rules but he's an awesome player at the same time and and after the match like you know sure he's not perhaps the most humble or whatever but he actually sounds like he's got his head switched on a bit more now and he's actually focused and, man, you could actually see this guy winning a few Grand Slam titles. 
Yeah, I mean, Patrick McEnroe, probably the perfect person to deal with a guy like Nick Curios. He'll have had plenty of experience growing up uh, with, with with the precursor in John McEnroe. Uh, Graham, he, he has made the final Wimbledon this season. He's won the Washington hard court as well. Uh, has Nick Curios flipped a switch? Is he now a serious contender? Yeah, I think he has. And that's in the box office. I mean, he's just great. Every single time he goes out onto the court, something happens. Um, you know, as Aaron said, with the um, uh, illegal shot in the previous round, etc. You just want to keep on watching him because um, um, you never know what's going to turn up next. So um, they say in tennis and in golf, you've got to lose a major to win one. Um, and with him having made the final at Wimbledon and being beaten by Djokovic, then I think you know I think people have learned from that. Obviously, the draw is a lot easier this time around, um, and I think it's his to lose. Which, which is what might happen because I think it'll, it'll if he if he doesn't win this, it'll be him losing it rather than somebody beating him. Yeah, I mean. uh, yeah, I think that's 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 probably a fair call. Actually, I was I was doing some reading on Nick Kyrgios the other day. He is uh, one of only a couple of players to have beaten uh, Roger Federer, Rafa Nadal, and Novak Djokovic at the first time of asking each time he's played them, which uh, I think says a lot for his uh, capacity and his skill base as well. Uh, but it really uh, you know, has been disappointing to now. The one thing I've never quite understood, Aaron, is people not liking Nick Kyrgios because of his antics, yet eulogising about how great John McEnroe was to watch. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Um, do you know, and possibly one of the most underrated things about, um, you know, the good things about watching Nick Kyrgios, I find is that he just doesn't take long between points. He actually gets the ball, bounces it a couple of times and serves it. Um, <laughs> sometimes, um, you know, you're watching these guys. I know there's a serve clock now, but, you know, these guys, it can take forever between points. Um, you know, but he just gets on with it, whether it's between the legs, uh, underarm serve, or <laughs> one of those 200k thunderbolts. He's got everything in his game, doesn't he? He does, hey? Aussies and underarms. Less said about that, the better, uh, I guess. Um, uh, let's move on, gentlemen. We've got the Farah Palmer Cup final this weekend. Uh, and oh, isn't it refreshing, Graham, that New Zealand rugby haven't hobbled this competition by pulling the Black Ferns out to go in a training camp? Yeah, because the, the final was pretty flat last year, really, wasn't it? Mm. We're, we're taking all the best players out. And imagine that a national provincial championship final in rugby New Zealand with the top players there. Uh, <laughs> it does seem unusual. Um, I assume that Canterbury will go in as favourites um, and the sentimentality around the whole uh, Sandra Cottage thing. Um, and Canterbury do tend to win finals in rugby union, whether it's men or women. Um, but no, you're absolutely right. It is good that the stars are going to be there. And both sides are stacked. Yeah, both sides are stacked. I mean, we saw uh, Auckland uh, storm take out Waikato last weekend in what was a, a tight game. Aaron, but uh, lots of black ferns on show, and you know it, it feels like this game is going to come down to whether or not that Auckland loose trio can can you sort of nullify uh, Kendrick Oxage, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with it being as Graham said, her her hundredth game, and you know the retirement, and yeah, there's plenty for her side to get up for, isn't there? So yeah, it'll be interesting, Auckland. Um, were done by Waikato um, a few weeks ago in Hamilton and then they turned it round in the semi-final and um, yeah, Canterbury obviously um, had that 
sort of uh, loss in the final last year to Waikato. And, yeah, interesting competition. And, uh, yeah, as you say, great to have these uh, black firms in it. Imagine if the, uh, the men's one was... Uh, was very much the same, uh, you know, gosh, that's going back to some glory days there, that sort of thinking, isn't it? But, um, yeah, these, um, these ladies, I'm sure there'll be no love lost, um, yeah, ahead of uh, this big World Cup coming up where they'll, uh, they're still competing for a few spots, I suppose. Yeah, well, I tell you, Eloise Blackwell fired a few shots. We had her on earlier today and she said, oh, you know, the Canterbury Pack don't like physicality. Uh, so, I mean, if you're Blair Baxter, you're playing that on loop, aren't you, this week? <laughs> wow, that makes it easy, doesn't it, eh? Easy for the coach there. Yeah, indeed. Gentlemen, thank you very much for coming on the panel today. Uh, enjoyed our chat. Go well. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.